the Titans play another football game that we have to preview because that's what we do on this podcast. We're going to get into it right now. This is the Music City Audible. Let's get to it. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by Broadway Sports Media in partnership with 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver. With me, as always, Justin Mello. And Justin, is it still exciting to watch the Titans play football or are you ready for the offseason already? I think everyone listening and watching this is probably ready for the offseason. As I noticed in the introduction, you said that they play a football game on Sunday. In my opinion, that's pretty loose term, pretty loose usage of the word football. I don't know that they're going to be playing football on Sunday. They're going to be trying to, but I don't know if they'll actually be doing so. And same goes for the Carolina Panthers, their opponent in this game. Uh, No, taking it back for a second, I am still interested in seeing Will Levis, right? I think this is a very big deal to find out whether or not you have a franchise quarterback. And you've got a bunch of games left. What do they got? Seven games left? Uh, to continue finding out, finalizing their evaluation on Will Levis. So all kidding aside, as much as it it has become a chore to watch them on some days, they're a very bad football team. I I hope we could all still find some glimmer of excitement to watch Will Levis because they're answering the biggest question that they have right now. In fact, you could argue before this season, it was the biggest question they had going into it, whether or not they had a solution at the quarterback position. So we're still finding that out there. Seven games left. I am excited to watch Will Levis continue playing football, even if this O-line, some of the weapons make it difficult on him. Uh, there's still something to be learned here. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's one of the things that we'll be looking for for the rest of the season is how Will Levis plays. And we talked about this on the recap pod, but how the young guys play. Tajay Spears, Peter Skaronsky, and it looks like we will, in fact, get to see Jalen Duncan. Not sure how the Titans are going to handle this, but Chris Hubbard is done for the season. Uh, Bicep injury is what was reported, so we will not see Chris Hubbard again. Andre Dillard, as you said on on the recap pod, is likely to clear concussion protocol, although the reports were if the Titans had held a practice on Monday, he would not have participated. So we'll see if that's this week or next week. The Titans' options then become Dylan Radins. Do you keep him on the left side? Jalen Duncan put him on the right side. That's how they ran it out during Sunday's game when Chris Hubbard got hurt with Andre Dillard out for the game. Will they keep doing that or will they put Dylan Radins back on the right side and flip Jalen Duncan to the left side? TBD, and we'll see what they do there, but I would expect to see Radins continue to be the left tackle and Jalen Duncan the right tackle. So that's another young player, Jalen Duncan. Can he be a starter, can you pencil him in for that role going into next season? It would be great if you could because that's one less position the Titans will have to fill in the offseason. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. I I do think even though, um, you know, that Duncan was primarily a a left tackle at Maryland, I I think they'll stick with what they've gone with recently, and that's Raiden's at left tackle and Duncan at right tackle. I don't think they're going to ask both of those guys to switch positions now, even though Raiden says, you know, played a lot of time on the right I, I do imagine they'll stick with what they've had, but I am curious. There are a couple steps here, right? Number one, um, if Dillard clears concussion protocol, and by the way, I'm no longer as confident 
as I once was uh, yeah. a few days ago when we did the, the recap pod because they said he wouldn't have practiced on Monday. Perhaps this is a more serious concussion than your average NFL concussion this year where they've typically cleared protocol after a week. Uh, it sounds like he's having maybe some difficulties getting through those steps. But if he does get through those steps, I think you and I both still expect Jalen Duncan to start at right tackle. Um, but let's not gloss over the fact that that would be selecting sort of a, a sixth-round rookie over a guy that they paid $30 million to in the offseason, or they committed, quote-unquote, $30 million to just a couple right. months ago. So I just don't want to gloss over that step because there's still a decision there to be made if Andre Dillard is healthy. And I'd be very disappointed if they went with him. I think everyone in the fan base would be disappointed that they if they go with him. And I don't think they're going to go with him, but there's still a, there's a there's a step there, right? There's a decision that has to be made. And I'm curious to see whether or not they make the right decision. And that would be finding out whether or not Jalen Duncan can be a long-term solution for you. I mean, you're three and seven. We've talked about this. You're in evaluation mode. I'm also curious, and this is the hardcore uh, in me, but I am curious to see who gets elevated onto the 53-man roster. Assuming Hubbard is going on, on IR uh, and all reports from ESPN are that his season's over. So I do think he'll be placed on IR sometime this week. Maybe even by the time you're listening to this, he'll already be on IR. But they've got three offensive linemen on the practice squad, right? One of them is the intriguing UDFA tackle, John Ajoku, out of Boise State that had a lot of hype sort of throughout the early part of camp. And then, you know, he got injured, was never able to recover uh, he's on the practice squad. He's healthy. Point is, you know, he couldn't compete for a roster spot in August due to that injury. But is it time to elevate him to the active roster? I think that would be int intriguing. I I'd like to see him at some point uh, based on the hype he had and the praise he received from Mike Vrabel. I think the likelier option is probably um, uh, elevating Andrew Rupsich to the 53-man roster. He's been a practice squad call-up in recent weeks. He, he played a lot of guard against Tampa Bay a couple weeks ago, but he did play some tackle in the preseason. So it wouldn't shock me if they say, oh, let's elevate the guy we're most familiar with. He's kind of a, a guard tackle crossover. They've also got Lechavius Simmons on the practice squad, a guy they only added a couple of weeks ago. Um, a veteran, he's been around a little bit, so they, you know they know whether or not he can play. So I, I do think if he, Hubbard goes on IR, though, that they will have to put one of those three guys on the roster. They've got Calvin Throckmorton on the roster currently, but he's a guard, an interior mm. player. He was inactive last week. They're probably still getting him up to speed, I would assume, although I imagine they're picking his brain. He came over from Carolina, the opponent this weekend. So even with him, if, you, if you're planning to have him active, I still think you'd need to elevate someone um, onto the 53 with the roster spot that will be created uh, due to Chris Hubbard's absence. So I'm curious to see how they handle that as well. Yeah, me too. And we'll see what they do here. We'll follow those reports this week. Check it out. We'll be tweeting about it because we won't have another podcast between now and then. Let's get into this game with the Panthers here, Justin. The Panthers are struggling. They are 1-9. and nine. They currently hold the first overall pick, but that pick goes to Chicago because they traded up to draft Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud, which looks like a mistake right now, 10 games into their respective careers. But the Titans get to play this game at Nissan Stadium. And I just want to point something out for everyone. If you follow me on Twitter, you may have seen me tweet this already. That This is a wild stat. The Titans are, are undefeated at Nissan Stadium this season. They've only won three games. They've only played three games at Nissan Stadium in the first 11 weeks of the season, and they won all three of those games. They have averaged 27.3 points per game scored at Nissan Stadium. That's crazy. On the flip side, 
the Titans are winless away from Nissan Stadium. And I'm saying away and at Nissan Stadium as opposed to home and away because the London game technically counted as a home game for the Titans. They were not at Nissan Stadium for that game. So that's definitely not a home game across the pond. (laughs) The Titans away from Nissan Stadium, winless as I just said, their offense is averaging 12.7 points per game. That is a 15 point per game disparity between being on the road and being at Nissan Stadium. Now, it's a small sample size of games at Nissan, right? They've only played three. But again, they've, they haven't they have scored less than 27 points in any of those games at Nissan. On the flip side, they haven't scored more than 16 points on any in any of the games that are not at Nissan Stadium. So, five of their last seven games are at Nissan Stadium. Have we been underrating this Titans team all season because they're just so bad on the road that we haven't got to see how good they could be if they hadn't played so many away games to start the year? I'm not there. I'm not. I can't commit to that, (laughs) to guessing that, because I got to go with what I've seen for the majority of the time. And yes, I know they've played away from Nissan Stadium most of the year, but I I think that's more in tune with who they are, right, than what we've seen throughout the small sample size. I will say, you said they're averaging 27 points. Haven't they scored 27 points in all three games at Nissan Stadium? 27, 27, 28. Sorry, say that again? 27, 27, 28 against the Falcons. 28 against, that's right. Well, that was the four touchdown passes. So the crazy thing is, though, when I think of it, it's like all three wins at home were extremely exciting. Right, like you got the Will Levis four touchdown game against the Falcons debut. You've got finally getting over the hump against the Bengals and dominating Joe Burrow at home. I think that was twenty seven three or something along those lines, or twenty six whatever it was. And then you've got the the thrilling overtime win over Justin Herbert and the Chargers, right? In week two, I believe it was. So it, it is funny that all three of those games were so exciting, right? They actually looked competent. They moved the ball through the air. Uh, they were a well-balanced offense. A very good point you bring up, because I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't realize that that was the case, that they were undefeated at Nissan right. Stadium. They were 3-0. and And again, all three wins were exciting. In fact, they were the they were like the anti-Titans that we've seen on the road. Boring, ineffective, can't score, can't protect the quarterback, can't move the ball on the ground or through the air. Like It has really been a night and day difference. So you, you might be on to something here. I haven't seen it really mentioned many. I, everyone's talking about the road struggles, but I, I haven't seen much praise for how well they've been at Nissan Stadium. So that, that's definitely uh, exciting. And I'm curious to see how they play. I mean, I believe it or not, I do think they're the better team going into this game. Not because I think they're great. I think the Carolina Panthers are really that awful. I mean, based on what I've seen, but like they actually might be even worse at protecting the quarterback than the Titans are. I mean, they are just awful. Like Bryce Young, I'm sure you've got some official numbers. I've watched a lot of Bryce Young this year, you know, with my work at the draft network and he just, Oh my God. I mean, it's a turnstile, the offensive line. It's so bad. They've had a ton of injuries as well, but uh, Icky, Icky Aquanu, the second year left tackles taking a step backwards. Austin Corbett, a, a high price free agent's been in out of the lineup, not playing well when he's been in there. Uh, Calvin Throckmorton, who is now a Titan, was not really giving them the desired results they wanted at the guard position. So there's been all kinds of disasters up front for them. Yeah, let's talk about the Panthers offense and what we can expect from the Titans defense in this game. Since you mentioned it, Bryce Young has been sacked 36 times in nine games. Uh, Andy Dalton has appeared in three games. He's been sacked three times. The highest rated passer on the Panthers team is punter Johnny Hecker, who's (laughs) one for one for seven yards on the season. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, Bryce Young has, has struggled. He has found a connection with Adam Thielen. This is crazy. Adam Thielen has 726 receiving yards this season. The next closest player is nearly 500 yards wow. behind Thielen, DJ Chark at 229. So 497 yards fewer than Adam Thielen. That's pretty crazy. But overall, this Panthers offense, they are averaging the second fewest total yards per game, the fifth fewest passing yards per game, the fourth fewest rushing yards per game, and the fourth fewest points scored per game. They have 13 giveaways this season against only seven takeaways, so a minus six turnover differential. This is not a good team. And the Titans, I know I mentioned it on the last podcast, it's better for the long-term future if the Titans lose this game to the Panthers, but they'd have to try to lose this game. They'd have to be full of mistakes, penalties, turnovers that are unforced, fumbles, you know, bad snaps like we saw in the last game, turning over balls on punt returns like we saw in the last game. Like, you'd need a repeat of that to lose to this Panthers team because they've just been so bad. Even the Titans' struggling defense should be able to contain this very lackluster Panthers offense who can't run the ball and can't pass the ball, can't pass protect, and turn it over a lot. So I don't know what to expect. I would expect a low-scoring game in this one because I still don't have much faith in the Titans' offense. But if we see the Nissan Stadium Titans come out and play well on offense, it wouldn't be shocking. But the defense, you got to see that front four take advantage of a good matchup because they've struggled way too much this season. Got to get Arden Key going. Four pressures in his last four games. That's through 100 pass rushing snaps. Four pressures in his last 100 pass rushing snaps. He's fallen off a cliff. Um, uh, no, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. And boy, I feel like an idiot. I'm going to raise my hand and say before the season started, I said, I, I think I like where this Panthers team is going. You know, I, I, and I, I mean, I'll put my hand up. Uh, Bryce Young was my quarterback one. I was a little apprehensive about the size. There's no denying it. Uh, he was my, I was very high on CJ Stroud, but I was also very high on Bryce Young. I love both of them. I understood Carolina's decision to go with Bryce Young, number one overall. I thought they hired a good coaching staff, an offensive coaching staff. I mean, they hired Frank Reich to be the head coach. Uh, Thomas Brown, uh, ascending coach from the Rams to be the offensive coordinator. They filled out a pretty impressive offensive staff. I think I think Deuce Staley's on the staff. Antoine Randall L is on staff. The, there's a coaching veteran on staff now. It escapes me, too who it is, but a former head coach that's got 30, 40 years coaching experience is like a senior offensive assistant. And then from a weapon perspective, boy, I feel really dumb. I, there were you know, no <laughs> high-end players, but I said, you know what? They had to get rid of DJ Moore in that deal. That was unfortunate, but they did the best job they did trying to, you know, get a couple of weapons as opposed to having a dominant weapon. Adam Thielen's old, you know, but he's, he's a guy that can still play. Hayden Hurst had a good year last year in Cincinnati. He's a number, he's, you know, quality tight end. DJ Chark, I like Jonathan Mingo in the draft. They signed Miles Sanders. Like, they really made a, an effort, right, to surround him with weapons, even if it was all sort of average weapons, but at least there are a lot of them, right? Hopefully someone yeah. emerges and it just hasn't been that way, right? Frank Reich's offense is not working. Bryce Young is really, really struggling. I do think the size perspective has come into play. The O-line's terrible. All kinds of things are just not working. It's a disaster. In all honesty, I yeah. think there's a good chance Frank Reich can go one and done. Uh, owner Dave Tippett, I can promise you, or Dave Tippett is a very, very impatient man. He has fired a ton of coaches throughout the years for other franchises he's owned. Did you see the Frank Reich uh, talking a couple weeks ago, it almost sounded like he was admitting he wanted CJ Stroud in the draft. Yep. But you can go back; it was very, very telling that. And 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 we always heard, you know, Tepe was uh, was very, very influential 
on which quarterback they were going to draft. So nothing is working right now. I feel like Frank Reich, in all honesty, feels like he's in a disaster, knows he probably never gets another chance, but I think he's almost willing to admit the inevitable and just go back to being an OC somewhere next yeah. year. I do think he'd get that opportunity. It just I think he goes, you know what? I misread this situation. This ownership group was not for me. This is a disaster. I wouldn't be shocked if the Panthers started over next year, at least with a new coaching staff. You're not going to be able to move on from the quarterback uh, because you you gave up the number one pick, it looks like, in this coming draft. So everything is just – you think it's bad in Tennessee. I mean, maybe there's chin up because everything's really, really bad in Carolina right now. Yeah, and Jay Glazer reported on Sunday that, that Frank Reich was on the hot seat and that they are considering making a coaching change there if things don't turn around these last few games. Let's flip over and talk about the Titans' offense against this Panthers' defense because – while the Panthers' offense has been terrible, their defense has been above league average by a long shot. They are actually allowing the sixth fewest total yards per game, the sixth fewest passing yards per game, but they're allowing the ninth most rushing yards per game. And somehow, despite allowing the sixth fewest total yards per game, they are allowing the second most total points per game. Part of that has to do with the minus six turnover differential that I mentioned, turning the ball over in plus territory. But the other part of that is that the Panthers have the 31st ranked red zone defense, allowing touchdowns on over 70% of opponent red zone trips. This is a weakness on weakness matchup between the Titans and the Panthers because the Titans have the 31st ranked red zone offense, scoring touchdowns on just 30, just over 34% of their trips. So it's about the, you know, the, the inverse of what the Panthers defense is allowing. Something's got to give here. Either the Panthers red zone defense is going to step up and be way better than we thought because the Titans are just inept on offense or the Titans offense is finally going to going to be able to find the end zone when they get down into scoring range because the Panthers have been so bad in the red zone on defense. It is a tougher matchup for Will Levis, but I wonder how much of these numbers are skewed by the Panthers losing a lot of games, barely even having a lead in a lot of games, and therefore the opponent is not forced to pass the ball, so they're running the ball more. It sometimes happens like that when you see a team that's allowing the sixth fewest passing yards but the eighth most rushing yards. It's like not they're not necessarily good at defending the pass. They just teams are choosing to run on them because they're bleeding out the clock because they have leads late in game. I think we could see something like that here. It's a good chance to get Derrick Henry going. He's been struggling the last few weeks in productivity. I'm not sure what to expect from this Titans offense because they've been so bad recently, but and it's, it's hard to remember what they looked like at Nissan Stadium a few weeks ago against the Falcons now, three games removed from that. So we'll see what they can do. I do expect the Titans to be able to win this game and possibly even change the direction of their season. As I mentioned, five of their last seven games at Nissan. But at this point, it's like, what are you even going to get out of that? Let's say you win every home game and lose every road game for the rest of the year. You finish eight and nine. That doesn't help. You're not getting in the playoffs at eight and nine, most likely. And it doesn't help your draft. You're missing out on the top two tackles and you're missing out on Marvin Harrison Jr. and the chance to trade back and all the things that could come with a high draft pick. So it's going to be interesting to evaluate this team down the stretch. But I do think the Titans offense has a good chance to continue their 27 points per game average at Nissan Stadium with the Panthers currently allowing 27 and a half points per game on the season. Like that's right in line with what the Titans are scoring at Nissan. So we'll see what happens, I guess. 
I, I will say, I think for the Titans to score that many points, they'd have to take advantage of some turnovers and some pretty inept play from the Panthers, which is possible. I just don't think uh, what I'm trying to say is I don't think the Titans are going to move the ball at will, you know, and put up 27 points of their own doing without getting some help from turnovers, the defense, special teams or whatever. There are still some great players on this Panthers defense that offers a mismatch, to be honest. Like Brian Burns is, to me, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. He's probably yep. going to have some fun, you know, going up against Dylan Radins and you know, whoever the other starting tackles. That's a mismatch in Carolina's favor. And there are some other guys, uh, you know, uh, Dante Jackson, I think is a very good cornerback, a very interesting player. I've always liked very much Xavier Woods, Von Bell. They've got some veteran safety. CJ Henderson, you know, hasn't quite found his way, but there are some guys on this defense. Uh, Derek Brown on the interior of the defensive line certainly could be a mismatch for like, say a struggling Aaron Brewer, you know, who hasn't been great uh, in recent weeks. Now there is also a lot of talent on IR. And I think that's why this is not the same Carolina defense. It, even in recent years, when they haven't been a very good team, it's been a good defense. You know, guys on IR, Jeremy Chin, outstanding safety, in my opinion. Shaq Thompson, very, very good linebacker currently on IR. They they, they signed Justin Houston, you know, veteran pass rusher who's still effective to try to find a running mate for Brian Burns this season. And, and, and Johnson is on IR. Uh, oh, sorry, Justin Houston is on IR as well. So there's no running mate for Brian Burns. That's a huge weakness on this team. In fact, I believe they're starting a rookie, DJ Johnson, out of Oregon, who I want to say, I'm going to be honest, I thought was a huge reach. I think they took him in the third round. I was stunned on draft weekend. I thought he was like a fifth round pick. And the reason I remember it so well is because the Titans had a pre-draft meeting with him and they showed a lot of interest in him throughout the mm. process. But he was very clearly on tape, like a developmental day three pass rusher. They took him in like round three and now he's like starting opposite Brian Burns. So that's what happens to bad football teams. That's why the Titans are starting a sixth round rookie at tackle and a rookie quarterback, right? Bad football teams typically go through more players and are forced to rely on younger players. So uh, I, I do like the Titans offense in this game overall, but I, I no, I, I'm not personally expecting a 30-point output. Let's not get crazy. It's not a team that scores 30 points, so I'm not going there. <laughs> uh, one guy you didn't mention is J.C. Horn, who's not on IR anymore, but has not, also hurt, not been though, playing. Like. Yeah, and he was uh, out in, the la in their last game against the Cowboys. We'll see if he can make his return this weekend against the Titans, but... Overall, the Titans stack up really well matchup-wise here. I think even as we talk about the talent deficiencies on this Titans roster, with the guys that both teams are currently fielding, even with the injuries to the offensive line for the Titans, I think they out they're, they have a more talented squad than the Panthers, so they should win this game. It'll be an interesting test to see Will Levis go head-to-head -head with Bryce Young. Obviously, you know, environments are totally different, but... Um, from a, like a draft narrative perspective, Absolutely. if Will Levis significantly outplays Bryce Young, it's just going to look even worse for the Panthers who gave up the farm oh. to go get Young, who may not even be the second best quarterback in this class. He may not even be the third best quarterback in this class. So I'll, I'll say this quickly. It can't get worse then uh, they lost to Tyson Bajan and the Bears a week or two right. ago on primetime. So that was the number one overall pick losing to an undrafted free agent quarterback. So can't get worse, but certainly they're going to hear about that uh, if they lose to Will Levis on Sunday, another rookie quarterback. And I mean, I, I doubt they ever strongly considered taking Levis number one overall. I mean, you know, maybe they did, but the fact that he slid all the way to 33 insinuates that probably didn't. But I do think there's some narrative there because remember there was once upon a time where he was apparently in the running to certainly to yeah. be a first round pick, but even to be the number one overall pick. 
of the Panthers. Uh, they got Josh McCowan on the coaching staff as well, by the way. That's another name I just remembered. <laughs> right. I thought he really liked Will Levis throughout the process from what I had heard. So, uh, But right. no, certainly that's a storyline I'll be following. And that's exciting to me. Will Levis against Bryce Young. Probably more exciting for Titans fans the way things are going right now in Carolina. But it'll, it'll certainly be worth monitoring. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Justin, time for our game predictions. Is this it? The last time this season that you predict a Titans win? It, it probably is. I, I haven't looked at the remaining schedule, but I know they got Miami. They got Jacksonville again. They got Houston twice, the way CJ's playing. So uh, it, it probably is the last time I'm predicting a Titans win, in all honesty. But I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to go Titans 19, Panthers 10. Real barn burger. Okay. Real, real, yeah. real can't-miss football on your screen on Sunday. Titans 19, Panthers 10. I will say, so you named all of the Titans remaining opponents except for the Seahawks, which is, you know, going to be a tough game, but it is at home. So where the Titans apparently play way better. Um, I think, you know, the last few games on the road will for Will Levis and this offense, we saw how much, how difficult it was for them to even just like get the play call in on time on this last game on Sunday, the false start penalties, all these things that playing on the road accentuates. I think we could see this team benefit from those experiences, especially since there's so many young guys, even like a Dylan Radins may not be the youngest guy experience wise. He's not very, he hasn't started very many games in his career. I think all those experiences on the road, the last few weeks are going to help this team. I think this Titans offense is going to look good on Sunday and maybe the defense won't, but I'm going to go 27, 20 Titans win. And I do think it'll be the last time I predict a Titans win this year. But knowing this team, they're going to do something stupid and beat a team that they shouldn't like the Dolphins on Monday Night Football. Or we'll see if that even if that game gets flexed out on Monday Night Football. But um, yeah, I think that this is the way the season is heading. They're going to win one or two more games and that's going to start on Sunday. So not necessarily the best for the future of the team in the draft position, but it will be a fun Sunday. I think Will Levis gets back on track and sort of has a big day this week that we're all excited to talk about on Monday morning. Um, All right, Justin, anything else before we get out of here? No, that does it. I hope uh, everyone listening to this again. Appreciate you. Appreciate you watching. I know you're going to throw that in at the end there. Uh, I'm excited to watch Will Levis on Sunday. I'll leave it at that. Still very, very excited to find out if this guy is the future quarterback. I spent a lot of time watching Caleb Williams and Drake Maytape yesterday. A lot of it. Boy, those two quarterbacks are outstanding quarterback prospects. So uh, Titans are still figuring this thing out. Nothing set in stone yet. So very important to watch Will Levis on Sunday. I'm very excited about it. Yes, me too. All right, everyone. Have a great Thanksgiving holiday. If you celebrate, enjoy your turkey. If you don't eat turkey on Thanksgiving, enjoy whatever weird non-traditional meal you have. Turkey's the way Um, to go, 100%. 100%. 100%. And we will be back early next week to recap this game. So that does it. Follow Justin on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL. Follow me at Titans Film Room. Again, thanks to everyone for listening, but even more thanks to those who are watching. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, the Music City Audible podcast. We'll see you all next time. Until then, y'all stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway sports media production.